people on the the Sunday five weeks ago when I first took Mary and an angel out of uh, the gift box you might remember that I listed some September dates dates which were the ones that I had first spotted Christmas fair in supermarkets well those mince pies and ice fruit cakes have probably been eaten they're probably all gone now all that's left is maybe one or two small items that are marked as being on special offer and in their place on the shop shelf has started to appear Easter eggs in fact they were there just before New Year uh, accompanied of course by various bunnies and chicks some of which might even be chocolate the shops are looking forward to the end of March a bank holiday weekend but I think here on the first Sunday of 2018 they might be a bit surprised that we are still telling this story we are still thinking of Bethlehem we are still thinking of Mary and the child we have magi and their precious gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh gifts for our king it will have taken them quite a journey from we're not quite sure where perhaps Syria maybe Iran maybe even Yemen I've seen suggested recently but they follow a star that had mysteriously appeared and the BBC repeated just before Christmas um, uh, a sky at night from a couple of years ago that discussed what the star was could it have been a comet was it a supernova was it nova was it something else I'm not going to spoil it it's still on iPlayer for about another eight days so I'm not going to spoil it for you saying what their conclusion was but there was something there that was reckoned that these people these wise men felt they saw and needed to travel towards that they needed to journey it was compelling on their hearts that they needed to seek a king they needed to discover what was new what was different what was the challenge what was the change that was coming for the world the program didn't really question whether the magi would do such a journey it just said that there was something there people often seek something new a new experience but sometimes they seek people that are the same as them 
people that they have something in common with. And perhaps that was something in the Magi's mind. That they would be discovering somebody who was wise, who would give direction, who would give hope, such as they did in their own land. Making contact with those of similar backgrounds has been going on for years. We nowadays think of it as networking. But it's long established that you can improve your position, your understanding, by meeting with others that might offer you support and encouragement. Professions, be they haberdashers, electronic engineers or midwives, each have their guild or institute or college that allows them to gather, to compare notes, to think of what is right and what is the good direction to go in. These kings, I feel though, are not looking for somebody that's just the same as them. They're looking for somebody greater. They realise the importance of the star, and without anyone having said to them, they discern what the star means, and that the person that they would encounter if they followed it would be incredibly special. They're not the only magi to go on this type of journey. About 60 years after, another group of magi go on a journey to find Nero. It's a thing that the people of the East did at that time. When they heard of something, when they discovered something, they travelled to find out what was new, what was the hope. And likewise, when they travel, they take gifts. In the Old Testament, we hear of a queen travelling to find a king. The queen of Sheba arrives in Jerusalem to see for herself whether Solomon was as wise as the stories claimed him to be. But on these journeys normally, the Magi looking for the new king of the Jews, those that went to find Nero, the Queen of Sheba. It's to pay homage, but not in a spiritual sense. There's no spiritual understanding there at the beginning. They simply journey to find out who the king really is. And it makes sense for those in power to go and travel and meet. We see world leaders do it, to go to another country, to shake hands, to greet. And it makes sense for them to do that. Because when people know each other, there's less likely to be a misunderstanding. When world leaders are talking 
and listening, they build trust. And trust brings peace. But the other side of this story is Herod. Here is a man who takes his foreign visitors seriously, but doesn't learn from them. Who doesn't have the same inquiring mind. He doesn't consider who he can pay homage to. He summons the experts, he receives a briefing, he meets with the Magi, but he doesn't look for the hope of an encounter with the new king. Herod is a man who doesn't trust. He is a man who isn't aware of the heritage of the land that he governs, otherwise he would already have known about the prophecy about Bethlehem. I guess we just have to be thankful he didn't have a Twitter account. Otherwise, he'd expound on how he was the king. He was the best king. And that the wise men were not so wise. Herod knows that the news that the Magi bring is not fake news. I must seek the king too. He says, but he's got a different understanding of what that seeking the king would bring. He wants to seek the king, but not to grow in understanding, not to foster peace. He's willing to engage in the most horrific acts if he encounters the king or his soldiers encounter. And so you have two different sorts of people seeking. Those who want to honour and those who seek to dishonour. Both groups are determined. The Magi determined to travel as far as necessary, to take what time it takes, to go each step of the road, to have precious gifts that a king is worthy to receive, and gifts that might do an introduction to a way ahead. Gifts of gold, of power, of wealth, of frankincense, of fragrance and sweetness, and of myrrh, of cleansing. These are all expressed earlier in the Old Testament as being gifts that are given to kings. Herod is determined, but not determined in a good way. He's determined to not allow any risk to his position. He's willing to give any order that keeps him safe. It doesn't matter what the consequences might be to others, as long as the consequences for him are good. Are we people that seek the king, whatever the challenge, 
we face in life? Are we still focused on coming and honouring him and thinking not of the cost to us, but thinking, remembering of the cost of what he has done for us? that he has given his life. Much of the world rejects Jesus. Some do it because he goes against what they think their faith tells them. Or because they don't have any faith at all. And therefore they choose to reject. But there are many much closer to home that maybe still reject Jesus. Not out of malice. Maybe they don't even realise they are rejecting him. Not the active rejection of Herod who wishes to kill the infants. But simply choosing not to go too near to Bethlehem. Choosing to stay away. They'll know the story. Perhaps even have marked Christmas with a tree and gifts. Turkey and mince pies. Maybe even singing a carol or two. But by New Year, the thoughts are elsewhere. It's as if they saw the star rising in the east and got excited, went a few steps, and then decided, you know, it'd be much easier if I just sat here on the sofa. Stay where they were. Why seek a king when there is so much already in my life? Why seek a king? Why go on a journey that might tell me to do something new or to change my ways when I've already got things to worry about, when I'm already established, when I've got a future promotion that might be in the offing? When there's a mortgage, when keeping up with the neighbours is really the king of their life. I wonder what are the things that we bow down to? What controls us? What speaks to us? What elicits within us certain actions and reactions? Is it the true king? Do we seek him in our daily lives? Are we ready to come before him? Do we bend the knee? Or is our heart not really in it? Making Jesus your king doesn't solve all the problems with the bank manager. It doesn't instantly cure our loved ones of their illness. 
It doesn't necessarily take away the threat of war. But when we come to him, when we seek the king and seek his way, it should change how we approach things in our life. How we think of our finances, our health, our relationship with our neighbour. Each day should give us a different perspective from that of the world around us. One which says it's not about possessions. It's not about looks. It's not about the clothes we wear. It's not about me at all or anything that I have. Seeking the king and coming to his way is about the love of God. It's about finding Jesus and saying that he comes with love that knows no measure. Not just a journey of a few hundred or maybe a thousand miles across a desert but coming to the earth from heaven. Bringing not gold and frankincense and myrrh, but forgiveness and the offer of eternal life. Wise men from the east took their gifts and they travelled seeking a king But the gift that God had already given the earth was greater than gold, would bring more healing than mar, and is sweeter than the smelliest perfume you can imagine. Seek the king. And receive the riches that he offers. This year. Each day. And then we may have real hope.